Hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Thank you, first of all, for being here and streaming the show. What you guys may have not known is due to COVID-19, Marlon and I have been practicing social distancing, and we've been using Skype to record our episodes for the past couple at this point. Um, this episode in particular, due to connection, it might not be the best in certain areas when it comes to audio. We apologize for that, and bear with me, okay, as I begin to really learn how to work and navigate Skype and how to edit it properly. We gonna fix it for next episode, but let's get into this show. Now that my social battery has recharged, <laughs> it's time for another world like this. Another trip. It's hot as hell, so I don't have any more in the windows to say how appalled I am with you niggas. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> Welcome to another week um, of me just telling y'all do better. And y'all just ignoring me and still doing what the fuck you want anyway. Um, this is a little diddly we like to call Hooray She Hoes. That's right. I, and this week I want to go by the name of uh, an iconic person in our history. Um, I want to be Daria Morgendorfer. Gnostic Side World. Okay. That's right, Got damn it. it. I'm, it. I'm, I'm Daria Morgendorfer this week. And I am the sweat beneath your love titty. Because <laughs> it's moist outside and I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Listen, I'm telling y'all right now, I have a cup of Hennessy. I mean, the air conditioner is on full blast and I don't have a fuck to give to the world right now. Not at all. But we are not alone. And um, it's kind of a full circle moment for me. I always talk about how this person kind of got me to where I am today and didn't realize it. And due to time, (laughs) due to timing, which Marla can attest, my schedule has been just trash for like the past month. Um, The first time anyone heard me in the podcast uh, world was on the podcast, I want to say back in 2015. I think it was 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds all right. And it was I was popping shit down in Atlanta and I call this a full circle moment because we have here with us from the Outline Podcast, Kevin Dwayne is here with us this week. So you're so <laughs> you're so sweet. I was in here like, oh my god, this is just a lot. <laughs> and, yeah, well, I, mean, I, <laughs> no problem. I think it was 2016. 2016. Just because, well, the reason I know is because I was still in my relationship in 2015, and I definitely know I was not in that relationship when I started the podcast. 
but yes, 2016. But no, I didn't. I had no idea that was your first time being on a podcast. So that's amazing. And now you have your own show. Look at that. <laughs> Isn't it funny how life works? It is. And look at me. I'm just slumming over here, not recording anything. It's great. <laughs> first of all, first of all, you have the you have literally a job that most would kill for. It is annoying, I'm sure. But you oh have a job God, most yes. would kill for. <laughs> yeah. I do. <laughs> but, <laughs> not right now. Not during the pandemic. <laughs> Hell no. This is like right? the best time. This would be the best time to be sitting here working for somebody's um airline. Like, oh, I can go where for one night and then turn around and go here. Absolutely, uh, I'm gonna sign on. Why not? Let's do it. Oh man, yeah. No, right now it's just frustrating. It's like babysitting grown ass kids, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> we yes. discuss that. <laughs> It is so hot, y'all. I'm sitting here with some Hennessy straight. I don't give a damn. There's nothing chafed. There's no wine. Yeah, this the heat looks a lot today. <laughs> <sighs> it's insufferable. I can't. <laughs> um, it's time for me to get to just. It's time for the scolding session. I'm just gonna call. Um, this is what I call scroll on. It's our social media um segment here that I start with, and I'm trying to find a. A place that doesn't exhaust me. I oh. want to start there. <laughs> <laughs> Any place that doesn't exhaust me. Um, well, well, shit. It's just all downhill. Um, I need to understand, for the life of me, why must we have 10,000 Whitney Houston bio pictures? <laughs> I, I love, I promise you, I love the woman just as much as anyone else. But I, I really believe this state is on overkill at this point. Well, I actually, um, I'm more excited about the one coming up than the ones in the past. For me, like, Lifetime never counts. Never. And then, it never counts. And then the documentaries were just petty because it was like people trying to give their different views on her. But they are both good in their own way. Honestly, we can delete all the other ones and I'll take the actual production that's coming in 2022 because it's going to be an actual film that actually, you know, that she deserves. And I wish the same thing happened for Aaliyah, but, you know, Wendy Williams killed that for us. So, yeah. (laughs) But but the rollout is annoying, though. I think that the state didn't do well by doing it this way because it does seem like overkill. But I think the one that's coming is the one that the fans actually deserve. Like, the one that was on Lifetime was so one-sided because it literally told the story from the perspective of Bobby Brown, and it starts the night that they met. And I'm like, why is this happening? (laughs) This is not about... And how is that her story? (laughs) It it was annoying to watch. I'm like, this is exhausting, and I'm tired already. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it is It is very exhausting, especially it seems like every five seconds there's another something about Whitney. It's like, okay, we're doing too much. I think this will circle around her actual career, though, and I think that's what her fans have wanted. It'll actually mm-hmm. discuss the upbringing, the singing, the awards, the accolades, and the actual, like, her life, and not so much the salaciousness of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that 
is kind of what people have been waiting for. So I definitely think this is, like I said, we can erase all the other stuff and just say, all right, we're done. <laughs> just do this. Kinda, so say with Michael Jackson, I feel like there have been like a lot of little Michael Jackson ones. It's like, listen, we don't need this many perspectives. Michael is, then they had the HBO documentary for Michael and all the men that were involved in it just violated the NDAs. Like they had, like, I am always an advocate when it comes to sexual related crimes. I'm pro I'm pro the victim. But in this instance, basically you all signed NDAs. On top of that, if you signed the NDA, that means you were paid off. Like yeah, I don't possibly. I, I'm not understanding like I'm not trying to sit here and belittle your experience, but in the same sense you took a payout, I'm not understanding. And that doesn't solve, that basically doesn't ease the actual trauma that comes with that. So I'm a little confused. Yeah, as, I think it's a lot of gray there, but listen, a lot I, of gray. I'm very, uh, yeah, I can't touch that. Because <laughs> it's, it's hard it's, to touch it. Yeah, it's, like, it's, oh it's, not, it's not my experience. So it's hard to just be like that. Because you say, like, there's a trauma there that that they obviously experience and it's hard kind of keeping things quiet, especially when someone is so celebrated and mm-hmm. seem invincible to people. And that has to mm-hmm. be tough, but timing does matter as well. And how things are going about, you know, it just, like I said, it's, it's just very, it's a tough thing in general. And that's I think what I hate the most about celebrities in general is mm-hmm. that we, we put them on these high pedestals to the point that literally there's no accountability for it. And then when there is accountability, we find a way to remove them from it. And I think that's unfair to the people they deal with. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know, mm-hmm. I just, you know, cause I think I like, I think people, and this is not related to Michael Jackson or anyone alone. I just noticed that it seems like people can do an immense amount of hurt and because of their art, get away with it. And I've always had an issue with that. <laughs> it's like, you just mm. get to go through life doing whatever you want to people. And then because they, you know, like two step into your music, that was a shot to R. Kelly. That they, Robert. So it's like I said, it's tough. It's tough. And it's like, I don't, I don't believe anyone, but I also don't believe anyone is all bad. I don't think any human on this earth is all bad. There's always a story there. And I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of cyclical things that happen in a person's life. So I'll never, I'll never want to just say, okay, you're completely canceled. You did some fucked up stuff and you need to be accountable for it. But at the same time, you know, like you don't get to just treat anybody any kind of way and, uh, you know, pay for it. I, you know, and the funny part is even when it comes to speaking of Robert, um, it's still trash. Um, but the one thing I hate to sit here and say is like, I, to try and ignore the music has been the hardest thing for me with this whole situation, to be brutally honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, his, his canon of work is huge. I was just telling someone, I said, R. Kelly's work is huge in the 90s. You can't, production-wise, even your... The problem with R. Kelly is I cannot listen to his music, but I can't not listen to his production because he produced right. most of the 90s artists. So literally, I'm going to play somebody who was in the studio with him. And that's the part you're like, damn, do I have to cancel this song too? How does this work, you know? So, yeah, it's it's tough. Actually, I mean, this whole cancel culture thing is, like, really, like, tough anyway. Yeah, um, I think it's, um, I think Henry said it best. He was like, cancel culture is like 
it's not really a group activity because if people aren't really going to like if people if we're not all doing it together and like really shutting down and canceling a person then it's just really your opinion about a person and then Pretty on much. top of that people will say that they're going to cancel somebody and they end up circling right back around to a movie so but and i thought right. we're canceling people for the wrong reasons i it's Absolutely. so weird someone literally just asked me my thoughts on council culture earlier today so i'm just laughing right now and, <laughs> and, and and like someone literally asked me this i'm like oh shit look at the universe and i was mm. i was telling them that it's very much like um it doesn't allow room for growth like I okay so fun fact I actually I don't know I never know where my life is going but I always plan for bigger things it's just who I am as a person but I remember and this is how cancel culture has affected me I remember in 2009 when I was fucking 23 years old on Twitter, I will say the most reckless shit <laughs> for life because I was 23 years old. It's been 11 years. <laughs> a little, a little, I do not want someone to go back and see some shit I said <laughs> when I was 23 and be like, fuck this nigga. No, 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 no. I don't need that. So I literally was looking for ways to like, can I just delete everything until now? Like just before anything happens in my life that puts me in a different level, can I just get rid of all that shit? Cause I don't remember what I said. I don't, I don't remember. I don't. A little, and the, a, and it, <laughs> a little backstory. Um, Kevin and I actually met on Twitter and my God, when you said that, I just think of some of the reckless shit that we used to say on Twitter. Right. <laughs> no, literally, I have someone who will favorite my tweets, right? And I had no idea. And they sent, like, I want to say it was like five years ago. They just randomly just started retweeting old tweets I said. And I was like, whoa, I said that? <laughs> there was one, there was one, and actually it happened this last week. Someone else sent me another one. I said, I said that? Fuck. I don't remember this shit. It's been 11 years. And there was one where I said, I just wanted someone to put me against a wall and fuck me. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, oh, that, you know, and, well, and shit. Oh, listen, it's on brand. It's on brand. But it's just, <laughs> <laughs> I just was like, wow, okay, cool. There was another one where I said I couldn't concentrate on my nut because somebody was playing gospel music next door. I was like, <laughs> wow. And like, like, I don't remember saying it, but I believe believe I said it because I remember who I was. So it's just I don't need somebody biting that shit and be like, oh so look, this dude is crazy as fuck. You know, like so it's just interesting. So like I said, I don't know what type now I know I never play with racism. I never play with prejudice. I never play with sexism. So I don't think anything like that. I think it was more or less how I expressed myself then that I'm like, ooh, it might be some yikes moments in there. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> totally okay. Oh, I had to let it cough out, child. Oh, no, I, guess, <laughs> I get it. Oh, child. Anywho. So, as the state play, do we or do we not, <clears throat> the issue that's now coming into play is a lot of states are questioning, do they need to reopen schools? Um, <clears throat> here in New York, mind me, I'm trying to bounce back. 
Ron Pike situation after something Kevin said. Cuomo <laughs> <laughs> um, announced for New York that he is going to reopen. The, the schools will be allowed to reopen for New York. Now, the thing that they're not saying, which I thank God I actually, I work in the city, so I know some parents that still have kids that are in grade school. They're actually giving them the option of whether they are comfortable enough to send their child to school or they're not, or basically they don't want to and they want to continue homeschooling. Now, if let's say they decide to homeschool or they want to switch because they feel it would be more effective, they could go to school and sit in front of the teacher, they'll allow it. Now, a lot of the, a lot of schools throughout the country is not like basically you don't have this in in motion if I'm not mistaken. But somebody said something and it it kind of it made me think and it was a little it, it wasn't scary, but it made me think. They said if you're gonna reopen the schools, then how come you won't reopen indoor dining? Right. Hmm. I was like, like, you know, and these are things, these are facts, facts are the truth. Um, it's just, uh, then first lady Michelle Obama, okay, that's my first lady, I don't know who that other lady is right now. Um, There's another lady? It's, apparently it's a whore. Oh, well, I don't slut shame, but I don't, I didn't know there was another lady. (laughs) I mean, I don't either, but, um, yeah, then there's that. (laughs) So basically she's, um, Michelle Obama revealed on her podcast that she has been dealing with a low grade of depression due to the pandemic, which I think it's safe to say all of us have seen some level of depression thanks to the start of this. It's mm-hmm. the realest thing you could possibly go through, <clears throat> especially the essential workers like the, that work in the healthcare field. They saw the brunt of when this first hit and how aggressive it was at first. Um, yeah. it was it was a very I, I can speak on my behalf. Um, it was a very eerie feeling going into the going into the city every day. Yeah. It was very yeah, eerie, and so I heard to say to speak on it and actually give it language. I'm just—it was kind of rough. It was kind of rough to actually read that back. <laughs> like to be honest, I'm like, well, girl, you speak, you're preaching to the choir with that one. Um, on to lighthearted things. So while we speak of the current first lady, we must speak about um, Agent Orange. Um, the toddler in chief. <laughs> um, what else? The toupee. I like that one. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah, the toupee. I'm trying to think. See, normally Marlon would help me come up with nicknames, but he's not in the nickname spirit tonight, obviously. <laughs> His mind is elsewhere. Listen, he was on the road. Don't get, don't do that. I mean, I was trying to think. Um, yeah, I don't want to tap dance on the fences, so we're gonna go into the actual topic. Um, <laughs> so apparently, in another sequence of worrying about the wrong thing at the wrong time, 
he has issued an executive order that basically <clears throat> TikTok has 45 days to <laughs> switch over ownership. What? I'm what? still trying to figure out what, 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 is, what is his rage with TikTok. I don't understand. Like, I, I, when I read, when I saw, like, headlines about him, like, going through it about TikTok, I was like, excuse me, why, why are you threatening TikTok? What is this problem? The rally. Uh, oh, so you're butthurt because you got guy. Yep. Wow. <laughs> He's a child. He is a child. Yes, and I, I don't want anyone to think of him as anything more than that. He is a petty child, and his followers are just like him. And he literally, they made him look foolish. Well, not TikTok itself, but the people who banded together, which is silly that he would come up to TikTok, but the people who banded together <laughs> made him look foolish at his own rally. And then he found the loophole of them being a Chinese company. It was like, oh, Chinese company. You have to sell it to another company for it to stay on. It's the most silliest shit I've ever seen. (laughs) And not to mention, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't the executive order still have to be passed? (laughs) Yeah, but he has a bunch of minions who are going to do it, which drives... It's a a scary time in America right now. (laughs) Yeah. Because people... We have record high unemployment. Mm-hmm. We have people that are facing that are basically on the brink of eviction, and you're worried about TikTok. Yeah, over one rally, over one rally, one. and it took you three months to wear yeah. a face mask. Oh, child, I just. But we're worried uh, about TikTok. We're, I want we? him to go away. What's that? Go far, away. far away and never return. Just disappear. Please. Please. I can't take it. Just And just when you thought it was safe to just want him to go away, apparently Nick Cannon wants Kanye West to have this presidential vote. Ciao. Um, and his quote says directly, we need another black man in office. But, but not any black man. Come on, like <laughs> it's just like he has to be a qualified black man. My God, can I have a rant really quick? Do y'all mind? Can I? Go I Did we not learn our lesson in 2015? No. Did we not mm. understand we need not vote any more celebrities into civil office that have never held public office ever a day in their lives. Y'all took well, voting as a joke in 2016. Well, you know, honestly, I don't think that people really took it for a joke because folks actually went out and voted. Yeah. You know, actually, this, this is very true. By the popular vote, he did not win. Right. <laughs> we and white and, that and, we don't want to and what was that? What was that percentage of white women who voted for him? Child. Child. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I remember I was in Georgia at the time and the amount of <laughs> suppression, the amount of voter suppression they tried that year it was so <laughs> 
frustrating. Like they tried it. Like everywhere was like the machines aren't working, and this isn't. It's just yeah. They try it so much in the southern states. Like it is literally like it's aggravating. You really want to fight somebody. It's a mess. Whatever y'all do, and whatever y'all do, even though you know the toddler is trying to stop the election. Please make sure y'all get your ass out there in November. Get mm-hmm. rid of his ass. Please and thank you for everyone, for our family, for our mental health. Please. <laughs> I, I, had know, a, I had all that I could take with him. All. Yeah, let's hope it works out well because right now life is a fucking shit show, reality show, and I hate it. I hate it all. Mm, very let's much turn so. Turn the fucking channel. Please change the channel. Mm. Let's just turn the TV off. Let's just you know. Let's, let's read some books. Let's pull by Let's find something constructive to do. Um, <laughs> turn the TV off and pick up the Britannica, please. Mm-hmm. Something. Um, speaking of people that need to put the social media down. Um, I told I you I deleted it. my tweets. God. <laughs> 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 I, I can't. Um. I, I think Azalea Banks issued a cry for help. I haven't heard that name so in forever. Worried about her. I'm so worried about her, honestly. Um, so basically, she put out a series of tweets, um, not even tweets. Um, she went on her Instagram stories, as per usual, and um, basically said that she was exhausted and tired. And it was very cryptic. It was very dark. And she just basically said she wants to get whatever creative. I'm just basically improvising for what she was trying to say. Whatever creative release she had left in her, she just wanted to put it out, and then like she would be okay with ending things if she got out what she needed to get out creatively. Um, for years, everyone has not understood. This is a troubled woman. We all know this. Love her. Love her music. I'm excuse me. Love her music. Take that back. Um, but her as a personality is it's very rare that you find a woman that is very difficult to enjoy as a personality, and that will be Azalea Banks. Um, but however, no one deserves to suffer in basically in exchange for their art. I wish her the best. I hope that things are not as dark as she's portraying them to be because we don't need any more people trying to end things prematurely due to their circumstance and as you all know here we are definitely heavy advocates for mental health there's always help you never should have to go through things alone i witnessed one of my friends on social media when his friend called him and said that things basically had such a turn a dark turn and she was ready to basically commit suicide and he went and sat with her for hours to talk her off of basically out of trying to end her life. If this doesn't go to show you, especially after I just said what I said about Michelle Obama, these are very dark times. This is very uncertain times. Please, whatever you do in life, please take your mental health very serious. Yeah, I just, you know, with Azalea, it's one of those things that I've, I've been saying it since forever with her particularly um that she she's always needed help she's yes. always needed help this there's always been a cry for help but this is the most 
explicit one and this is the one that people are able to truly understand and I think that it's unfortunate that it has gotten to this point where people like get it now because I've seen people's reactions to it and there are more people that are like oh I hope she doesn't like go through with this she's so talented it would be sad to lose her this way Um, but you know people that don't understand the nuances of mental health disorders and things like that um, are less than sympathetic and I've I've had my fair share of times where I've wanted to scold shit out of her (laughs) Um, you know I had to stop following her because I was so frustrated but I, I really sincerely hope that she gets the help that she needs because it's always been her mental health it really has always been it has shown so many different ways um and so many different instances with her and i hope that it's just not too late because the things that she said were very you know she's tired she's at peace with it she's ready to just leave it all behind she wants to leave this film for people to quote finally understand her from her perspective and it's just it, like you said it is very cryptic but i hope that this is not the end for her um and i hope that she really gets the help that she needs and i, I really don't know what type of support system she has because throughout all of this time you never see anybody like by her side you know what i mean not like mm-hmm. not even from like family figures nobody it's kind of always been her on her lone wolf shit um so I hope that there's somebody somewhere that can reach out to her and get to her in a way that will help her find her way to the light and out of this darkness. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, uh, I, I think it's, I, I literally owe myself money because I did not say this um, for majority of the show, we're like going in a half hour in, but um, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Wah wah wah, puts a wet ass pussy. I'm glad that you didn't um, go without going into that. Please, <laughs> I, you know, and you said you was glad. I'm glad that you actually went into it and didn't ignore uh, it because. I, uh, you know, I, I brought it up to bring light to someone that needs to be scolded very quickly. Um, this could be a house read. <laughs> so, apparently, CeeLo Green has an issue with the way that music has progressed since the 70s and named female oh. artists as some sources of shameless and desperate music. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to wait for you to get it out because I have so much to say. (laughs) I don't have much to say except CeeLo's biggest hit is fuck you. So I don't understand. (laughs) I don't under... I mean, your biggest song had an explicit lyric in it. So who are you to talk about desperate music? So I'm reading this from the shade room. While, uh, While approaching... The feeling of music in the 60s and 70s. CeeLo says music doesn't feel the same in this era. He says that most of today's artists lack, uh, music, excuse me, lack morals and name artists like Nicki Minaj, that source of influence in today's artists. 
a lot of today, a lot of the music today is very unfortunate, disappointing on a personal and moral level. There was once a time when we were savvy enough to code certain things. We could express those things, uh, press those to those that it was meant for the style of language we wanted to use. Oh, he like, goes, okay. He basically wanted to to say, but today's music is shameless. The misogyny just jumped right on out. It's a thing. At this point, it's on schedule. You know, for years, the like we've endured rap songs about how these men are gonna fuck all these women about all like basically rapping about their dick about multiple fucking multiple women at the same time you know and I just I I, I'm really trying to understand why is it that this is the second time in the recent years that I've heard someone speak on today's music as such a downgrade when there's so much more music outside of what is mainstream. Here's my and... issue. Go ahead. Because <laughs> I have several it. with this. Number one, as a fan of CeeLo Green's music, I am so, so ridiculously disappointed in him opening his mouth on this subject. Sir, you started your solo career with Closet Freak. Let's be clear. You started off talking about nasty shit. You are no stranger to explicit lyrics, innuendos, or anything of the like. So for you to jump out of your face and give all of this conflama is just mind-boggling to me. But then again, it's not. Because everything comes with a price and a reason. The album that you're coming out with now just so happens to be a cover of 60s and 70s music. So here we are with another ploy to promote your own projects by putting somebody else down. I really wish that we would stop this narrative because it's tired and it's stupid. What's even more tired is the constant censorship and misogyny going towards women of color in rap music. I am so sick of this shit. We have bopped to some of the greatest classics by women that have been sexual, nasty, whatever you want to call it. Like, all of this reminds me of a time. It, it like, I'm looking at people's responses to WAP, and I'm really shaking my head because I'm going, were you all not listening to Cardi or Megan before this album? Why is everybody so, like, up in arms and giving, oh, it's sad, it's tired, and it's just so vulgar and so nasty. Bitch, where was y'all at when Big Old Free came out? Where was y'all at when Money was out? Like, where was y'all at when any music that they have ever made before this came out? It is no different. Mm -hmm. No different. It's literally the same content. We still got the same chicks. They Like, I don't understand what the surprise is about. I don't get it. And everything's fucking dumb to me. It, it is dumb. And, but also, with, with CeeLo particularly, I get so tired of the ashy and abuse. Always <laughs> talking about morality and music when their own fucking lives are torn and tattered. 
And in 2012, his Hello. wife filed for a divorce because he had a temper problem and he broke the windows out of her Jaguar. That's Let's domestic abuse. It. Then in 2015, there was a rape charge That's right. where he Give tweeted that it's not rape if you don't remember it. So exactly. my thing is, how the fuck are you going to fix your crusty-ass motherfucking who's that people in my window, nobody now ass, to say right. that Things like morality when your own fucking life doesn't mirror morality. And that's what drives sir, me crazy. Weren't you on trial for rape? Yes, he much. Was. Five so years ago. Yes, he was. So, again, what the fuck are you talking about, sir? What are you talking about? What are you saying? Just say you don't like women and move on. Just please. Please. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's it all. But also, on some deeper shit, though, like, honestly, at this point, men are literally socialized and raised this way. Honestly, if it weren't for me being gay and being around women, I would have been in the same boat. Because I remember how other men tried to teach me about the world and look at them like, what? Because (laughs) men are literally socialized to be trash. Like, literally. Like, literally socialized to be trash. So some people, they can't even help themselves because when you only will listen to other people who look like you, meaning other people who have penises who also are clueless, Mm. you're not going to get the knowledge you need to be able to be like empathetic and to actually look at it from a different perspective. And that's a huge problem. Biggest Mm. problem ever. So I need jobs to get a grip and get over it. Um... (laughs) While we're here, um, let's take note to another situation that is technically developing. Um, let's take a trip to Migos land, shall we? What's um, going on over there? A woman is suing Takeoff for allegedly sexually assaulting her at a party. Oh, okay. Um, this is coming out. It's actually it's coming from TNZ. It said yesterday news broke that anonymous woman is suing Takeoff for allegedly raping her at a party in Los Angeles. Now, Takeoff's attorney is speaking out and denies the allegations against her. His attorney, Drew Falling, spoke with TNZ and said, we have reviewed the allegations that have been reality, done our own due diligence. What has become abundantly clear is that the allegations made against Takeoff are um, pertainingly and, ooh, child, they said she lying. <laughs> Um, it goes on to further say Takeoff has renewed his artistic talent as well as his quiet, reserved, and peaceful personality. And this stance, those per, um, those known personality traits have made him a target of obvious ex- obvious exploitivity uh, yeah, exploitivity grabs. Um, basically, it does not go any further into any detail because the woman is filing everything under anonymous. It's basically her word against his at this point. Um, ain't so tired. Mm. <sighs> ain't so tired. I'm just, I got I nothing. Oh, I, I, I got nothing. I, 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 I'm just, I'm tired, Lord. Y'all just, uh, anywho, I, I, I think that that sums up that portion of the show. Um, it's best to describe this. Sum that up with on those two notes because I'm tired already. 
Exhausted. Exhausted. Um, so I, you know, I had made my call to Marlon and I <laughs> said, you know what? Because we agreed, you know, it's time for us to come back. And I said, Marlon, Marlon said, hmm. <laughs> I said, you know, I got a little idea. I said, did you, did you get the thread together yet? And he said, no, actually scratching my head, you know, to piece it together because, you know, don't know exactly where I want to go with this. I said, perfect, I got you. So just so happens, Kevin and I were very excited when we um, saw that Moesha was available for streaming on Netflix um, as of the first of this month. Yes. And... (laughs) It brought upon a topic to me that I think the world isn't ready to really touch on. Like, we touch on it, but people brush it under a rug almost. Um, and that is literally the insensitive content that we had to digest from the, I could say, well, well beyond the 90s. This goes as far back as the beginning of entertainment. Well, yeah. But, yeah, we weren't there yet. It, it was an episode in particular. It was a few, but the one episode of Moesha that stuck out in particular um, comes from season two, episode six. And the name of the episode is called Labels. Um, it's the episode where Moesha meets Hakeem's cousin and basically outs him to her <laughs> friends. And we're talking teenage girls here. <laughs> So quickly did word spread around Crenshaw that Hakeem's cousin was gay. Um, of course, the easy way to try and defuse the fire is by saying that it's not true. But, of course, by the time Moesha realized that she was wrong, and even when she was corrected by her stepmother, Hakeem's cousin actually what we saw, he kind of confirmed the rumors to be true. Child, but how about the fact that she fucking gaslit him when he called her ass out? I was like, did you really just gaslight him? (laughs) I was like, my 10-year-old self never understood that, but at 34, I was like, wait a minute, bitch, did you really just gaslight him and made it seem like you didn't tell his fucking miss off of a a conjecture? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. It's it's one of those things. It it was that. (laughs) It was also the episode where they sat, where they basically had fat shame counters. Like, the the fact that they fat shame counters all of her career from Moesha to the Parkers is just my God. Yeah. Well, I would like to start off by prefacing this by saying, like, there is this, um, because there are a lot of people, especially fans of the show, like, here's the thing. I'm still binge watching. I literally pressed pause yes. to do this show. I'm still watching it. <laughs> and, like, I'm not, I, and I'm not about, I'm not about like, oh, delete it from history. No, no, I'm not about that no. shit. But at the same time, it's okay to have healthy discussions about where we come from. And there's people who are so who are such fans of things or have such emotional connections that they don't even want you to talk about it. Like they get mad. Like, why are you bringing this up? Because it's important to talk about where we've come from. Like, like 
I got teased growing up because of entertainment. So I don't like when people say it's just television. That's not true. Right. Television, no. entertainment, music, it shapes culture. It always has. Yeah. It's the reason yeah. racism is so prevalent. It's the reason why sexism happens. It's the reason why things happen. Because it, it literally reaches the world. So don't tell me something's just entertainment when in reality it hits real life every single day. It's why you buy certain clothes. It's why you listen to certain things. It's why you purchase mm-hmm. certain things. Don't you mm-hmm. fucking tell me it's just entertainment when you literally are feeding into it every moment, but when it doesn't conveniently help you, then you, then you have a problem with it. So huh. watching this stuff now from the 90s is like, wow, this is why so many of us are fucked up now. This is why yes. we're so sexist. This is why we're so homophobic. This is why. And, and I'm just looking at like Frank, for instance. Frank, well, honestly, most of the people on that show get on my fucking nerves, honestly. D had the most sense. Period. D yes. had the most. She I was the most. She, mama was social justice warrior. She always brought things in per- perspective. Because I think this conversation started when I watched the episode where she was teaching Miles to do churls around the house, and Frank mm. didn't want her to because she thought he would be gay. Mm. I was like, "Are mm. you fucking kidding me? Folding clothes <laughs> is gonna make you suck dick." I didn't know. I didn't know. And the sad part is that that is so true to form about how many men think. Yep. The crazy crazy part is when you really sit back and think about it, this is the reason why most men don't know how to cook. This is why most men don't know how to watch This is why they're useless as fuck in the pandemic. I don't want (laughs) to date nobody right now. I don't want to... Everybody who didn't learn shit, who went outside, if you let your boys go outside while the girls are inside, they are useless as fuck right now because they ain't at work. They just sitting there on the fucking PS5 that they bought with the CARES Act, and they are fucking (laughs) useless. Uh, they can't do shit. Taking out the trash is not a chore. It's not. It's really not. Lord, it's can you really do anything besides boil noodles? Can you do anything? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, can you cook rice? Oh, oh my god. We so, that but, but, but here's and and as I said, it shaped is entertainment shapes society because I remember growing up and I remember. My, even my parents had some of those same things. Now, here's the thing. I was taught to cook and clean. I was taught to, well, not cook. I was taught to clean. I was taught to do things. But I do remember my mom, she would say certain things, like when, when my room wasn't as clean as she wanted it to be. She's like, Lord, I just hope you find a wife to do it for you. And I was oh, like, my God. but here's the thing. And I look back like, damn, that's problematic. But she fed right into it. I was like, damn, my mom was a pick me. God damn. So like the fact that it's just seen as like, oh, men just go through life being providers and that's just that and not being able to do for yourself. But at the same time, there's, oh, and that also, see, this is getting deeper than I wanted to. But I think that also, but I think it also feeds into serial monogamy too, though, because it's okay for a man to be alone for a while. You shouldn't have to jump from woman to woman just to stay alive. So, shouldn't you have tools so that you can feed yourself, so that you can take care of yourself for those in between times where you're just by yourself? It's okay right. to teach those things like, hey, you know, like, Wash your ass. It's not oh, no. gay. It's yours. And, and it's yours. You can do that right. You can wash your own ass. It's your ass. It's not gay to wash your own ass. Oh. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, 
the funny part is even when taking a trip outside of Moesha, take a trip to the spinoff, it's an episode of the Parkers that makes me cringe. The so trans bad. episode? The trans yes. landlord? Yep. God. Never seen it. Uh, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's like literally for an entire episode, anytime they bring up this woman, they have a joke about her transitioning. And it was so like even the end joke when Monique said, "I'm sorry, get, um, I'm sorry, T, but your chick used to have a dick," and I'm just like, "Get me out of here <laughs> now!" Because I, the funny part was even taking a trip outside of that when you go back and pay a visit to Martin, and when they had that gay character would come on, like he was into like. Probably like one or two episodes in the entire you, show. You, you talking about Almondy? Yeah. They <laughs> <laughs> just gonna use you all. <laughs> we can sit back and laugh on this now because I promise you, if you would have gave us Martin, Moesha, the Parkers with the original content that the show consists of at that time frame, I want to bet you they would have called for the shows to be canceled. Of course. Because it was, it's so weird to look back and see how far we have come. And also, and like I like, said, I would God. never add, and that's what I'm saying, I'm not the type of person who is like, oh, delete it from history. No, not at all. Let it stay mm-hmm. there, but have conversations about where we come from. Because literally, Martin was my favorite show. Honestly, Martin it's, is the reason was. why I even wanted to like do comedy. So I get it, but even now, watching it, I cringe. I'm like, God damn, this was terrible. But it also shows how we have shifted over time. Yes. Yes. And see, my thing is, is that like what I think that a lot of people miss out on when they go back and look at these shows is that it, it just shows that we didn't have we. Let's just put it out there, we were stupid. We didn't yeah. have yeah. a lot of language for a lot of shit back then. We were yes. all very closeted, closed in, and dumb as fuck. We were also all very like. To be quite frank, we were all like dealing with some heavy shit and not really knowing how to deal with it. And that I know that the producers of these shows put these episodes out and really thought that they were being cutting edge, innovative, and kind of pushing the needle. And back then, that's exactly what that was. Yeah. So here we are in these times now having all this language, coming so far from all of that shit, literally coming out of that darkness, because that was a fucking cloak, y'all. Let's be real. <laughs> like, I yeah. think about my little gay ass watching these shows, and I watch them as an adult, and I'll be like, I look at that my, back at my younger self like, you po baby, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn. Like, watching that episode of Moesha today, because when Lonnie brought it to my attention, like, I realized how many episodes of these shows that I missed out on when I was younger. Because I didn't remember this episode. I remember it vaguely, but when I watched it back, I was like, watching it, when I got to the end, I was really cringy about a couple of points. Number one, why is this episode called Labels? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> labels? Really? They didn't really reach far. They didn't really reach far with, really with, the, with the names. They kind of made them very basic. Like, yeah. the class was sat on and you handed me eyebrow salt. Like, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Number two, the way that it ended pissed me off 
so much because they didn't even talk about it. They didn't. It, and and the, her last words were, I got my friend back. What? Yep. That's all so she cared about. What you're saying to me is, Hakeem walked away from his cousin that he had loved for all this time, found out that he was gay, basically said, fuck that. Mo, you were right for outing that nigga in the first place, basically. And I was wrong for getting mad at you for outing him. What? And then where me and he and I are no longer close because he's he's in that because in that world. And that's what, uh, it, 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 it was so bad, but also it was not it was 1996. And, so, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, fuck. And uh, I, I'm in season three, and they had another episode with Amalia Lewis, where you know he's a small guy, and I was like, "Listen, this show is so bad, <laughs> like it's, it's bad. so bad, <laughs> like it's so bad, like it's just so like." And I realized I only watched it through season three. About when she got to the private school, I was kind of over it. I think by that yeah. time, I, I was in middle school myself and was kind of like already watching porn and didn't care about shows anymore. So (laughs) a lot of these shows, it's like I'm watching for the first time too. But even then, like, damn, Moesha was a terrible character. Like, just the thing she did. And then the way that... And they would always make her right in the end. I'd be like, no, you're still fucking wrong. Right. Someone like, made a good point. They said she's literally Molly of Insecure growing up. I said, oh, shit. Oh, she is. Oh, <laughs> oh. God damn. That is literally so an analogy. She's literally Molly. For that person. <laughs> she is, she's literally oh, Molly. <laughs> That's the like, more oh. you fucking know, it you makes rainbow sense. shit. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, that's why like that's it. And if that's the case, shit, Nisi is Issa. <laughs> okay, listen. I, I love me some Nisi, child. Oh yeah, Kim is Kelly. Yeah, look, we're done. Yeah, that's we're it. done. Look at that. And we're, we're done. done. That's it. The, I think the one though. Yes, there was a lot. Like, I think the one time of the show. Where looking back, I was just like, yo, this girl really needs to mind her fucking business. Was when she decided, and because Kevin rewatched the season, when Moesha took it upon herself to contact Hakeem's father. Ooh, yes. I was like, boundary. What are you doing? Now, let me me tell you something. I knew some bold bitches growing up, but I ain't (laughs) never know. I never know no 16-year-olds that goddamn bold. Like, Moesha was one of the most boldest characters who had a lot of free range. For her to have such a strict daddy, she had a lot of free time to get in everybody else's business. Like, she she always was able to coordinate shit with adults, and I I never Mm. quite understood the connection there. Shit. She was doing manipulation. Let's call a spade a spade. Because that episode when she got that damn credit card. Yeah. So. No, it's it's a lot going on, and it's just. But at the same time, there were a lot of characters that did mimic real life. I will say, because like, Mm -hmm. like, like Frank's um, unyieldingness is so real. I, I I remember my dad kind of being not like him, but kind of like when they made a decision on something, that was it. And it, it is very much like, damn, this is very much a, a father of that time. But the way, yeah. like, uh, like the, the way he just could not stand Q from jump was interesting. Like, you just looked at it. It was, you know what? And I'm glad you just said that. It really put me in a, it made me think about something. I find it utterly hilarious that he never liked Q. But from the port. 
from the porch. Right. When he saw him from on the, the porch, porch, it was like, nope. Respectability politics, another thing that was bigger than I do. My parents were my parents were huge about respectability politics. I told the story. My favorite color is actually red. But growing up in South Central, my mother told me my favorite color was green. She told me. She said, no. She told me. She's like, nope. Your favorite color is green. And this lady bought me green shit for a good 10 years. Like, she literally, I could not have the color red as my favorite. Like because, because that's what, but that's what I'm saying. Respect about Billy politics. I mean, it came down one perspective: keeping your sons and daughters safe. I get it, but on the other end, it was a bunch of fucking stereotypical stereotypical that you couldn't do, and it was a lot of assimilation to white culture to stay mm. safe. And Frank was very much like that with Moesha. Oh, he's a thug because I look at him and I say he's a thug, but he's a thug. When in reality, he wasn't. He was hard because he's from New York. But he was a New Yorker. But at the same time, Frank used to do some really shady shit to Q just by how he looked. And it was like, God damn, like, give him a break. But the funny Mm -hmm. part was, Frank as a person. Where'd he go? The cast agreed, fucked up the show. It's like, you hated Q, but you had a child out of wedlock. Right. Mm. Which, which, that's when Shirley Ralph left the show, though, because she said the writers just got crazy at that point. (laughs) Yeah, like she, they put it out there. That is the episode that killed the show. Yeah, because she was done after episode five, after season five. She's like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm not doing this no more. No, we're done. Like they literally agreed. It was like after season five, they all agreed. The show basically went downhill after that. Yeah, tanked. But also, how did they get to play three different characters on the same show? I, but, you know what? It, I really had to think about that too. I'm like, oh my god, he really did. <laughs> he played three different characters on the same show. What? Then, so he he yeah. did. He's in season he one, three. season three, and then he comes back again season like four or five. Yeah, he becomes wow. an actual cast member around that season, around that yeah. time. But she she found a way. Listen, one thing that you could never take from her, she always made sure he had a check. Okay. Always had a check. But it's just, it was weird reliving that and then seeing everyone's think pieces. And I'm like, y'all do also realize that Moesha was also a teenager and that she wasn't supposed to be perfect, right? Right. Right. Because teenagers think, are trash. Yeah. Te- yeah. <laughs> like, Listen, we've been down, we've been to the ghetto before. We yeah. know teenagers are trash. trash. But then, and I also tell people all the time, even with Insecure, I'm like, listen, if these characters did what you want them to do, there would be no show. Right. <laughs> like, if it was, if they literally did what you wanted them to do, it wouldn't be entertaining. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, oh listen. my God. Listen, when all of the, I think everyone that watches Insecure had that moment when when um condolences, um, when she confirmed that she was pregnant. I'm like, damn, the fans were being right shit, (laughs) mad in this house. I'm like, why is this bitch pregnant? Why? I was crying. Devastating. Just when shit, it was. It was so surreal. It was like just when this shit had finally got together. I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> oh, look. But, uh, we live in nostalgia. I think that's the one take, the one bad takeaway from nostalgia 
is to understand how far we've come as far as representation and entertainment. Well, I'm my in- God. And yeah, but particular shows, I'm interested on how um, it's going to be with Girlfriends. Now, I've rewatched Girlfriends um, recently, and I don't remember cringing. Like, I've watched it in the last five years. And I, I don't remember I do, having man. any moments, so I'm curious on what it's gonna be like when that when that comes on September 11th. I can't wait um, to watch you that. Know, you know what? You know what? I think a part of me might cringe a little bit when we go back and watch one on one. Well, yeah, they they did a lot of that weird shit on there too. I do remember yeah, I, there being moments where they like, yeah. I think one on one is gonna do it again. Something mm-hmm. else I thought about um, that, I meant to, that I wanted to mention is also what also has changed is kind of back then there are a lot more men in the studios, a lot more white men running the productions. I mean, it's still very much so now, but then you're also getting their stories. And so with women and people of color and other people getting to these writing rooms and adding levels of sensitivity, That also has provided a change, too. And so it shows you we're progressing behind the scenes. And then I also tell people, because one thing I hate, not hate, but there's something that people say that I feel they don't give enough perspective to, is that we're somehow more sensitive now. And I get where people are coming from. However, it is my perspective that humanity has not changed. Social media has changed. Once Mm. upon a time, you need a gatekeeper there was a gatekeeper to even put out your opinion. So a lot of people just suffered in silence. People have always been hurting. They've always been sensitive. They've always been whatever people think they are now. They just couldn't express it in the way that it was heard. Social media allowed a space for people to express instantly how they feel about some shit. And they've been able to find their communities who feel the same way as they do. And that's the difference. I don't think humanity has changed that much. I just think that we just have a way of communicating more now. So I always crack up when people say, oh, people are so sensitive now about comedy. No, they always were that way. They always thought it was trash. It's just that they were outnumbered because they couldn't speak about it. Right. So that's just another thought I had about it as far as like what watching these old shows and seeing people talk about it in their think pieces. It's like they finally get to kind of say what they probably felt for a long time. Hmm. Child, the fake pieces from Moesha alone. I was just like, my God. I mean, but we, I think most things where you just knew it was coming. It's kind of like with the, like with the people, like with the misogyny, with like the uh, wet ass pussy. Like, you know it's coming. Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's literally on schedule. So when Moesha, when I said, I was like, okay, so we're going to talk about how Moesha was trash in just a couple days. And, I, you know, just prepare yourself for it. <laughs> I'm, Listen. I'm never surprised by it. As long as people can give their opinions, they're going to give them. I'm just waiting for when the Parker comes out for the damn petition to remove that episode because <laughs> you or, know it's coming. And what's so funny is don't even remove it like Disney does. Disney literally has a disclaimer on their problematic shit saying, hey, this came out <laughs> during this time. We know that it doesn't fit in current themes. We just want to give you a caution right here that it's problematic. But you don't remove it. You just explain it. That's it. Which is, which is why I don't understand this whole, like, this mission to go back and try to erase history. No, bitch. No. We need to see this shit. We do. You motherfuckers it, were trash. Yeah. We were a part of it at one point because we loved this shit. But we yeah. have grown from it. 
and the motherfuckers that still think like that, you start looking at them crazy inside eyes. But like all this, oh no, we gotta remove that. No, we can't watch this anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, no, no, honey, you was watching this faithfully. Every exactly. Day. Just put oh, a caution man. up and move on. It's okay. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. With that being said, um, it is time to start the closeouts. Um, we normally end the show with the mental health tip for the week. Um, Kevin, since you are our guest, would you like to start us off? Oh, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, she's gonna be on not to care I'm dead. I love it. What that? Oh, there we go. Do not do things you not you aren't in the space to do when you don't feel you're ready. Bam. Mm. Mm. (laughs) I love that one. Yeah. Um, This weekend, I learned the most valuable lesson ever I could say within the past two weeks. Um, It is okay to say no. Sometimes you just need that space and time where you have to be honest with yourself and know I'm not in the space to even entertain certain people. I don't have the energy to entertain certain people. It's just best I say no. Mm-hmm. And you're and now the age, most of us at least, where you don't have to explain why you're saying no. Oh yeah, it's the best. It's literally no, and I put a period right after it. No, it's a complete sentence. That's a complete sentence. It's a complete sentence. Well, why not? Because I said no. (laughs) That's it. What more do you want me to explain to you, sir? No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And Marlon? Ooh. So many things. (laughs) Um, Um... Jeez. What, what do I want to give people this week? Um, you know what? Log the fuck off. Oh, yes. Log yes. off. Please log off. Please yes. log off. Understand that <laughs> we spend a lot of time, especially even, and I, I, I dare to say it even more so now, with this quarantine going on. We spend a lot of time on social media, and I need for people to understand the power of what you consume. Mm -hmm. It can change you. It can shift you. It can drive you crazy. Log off and get back to you. Because I liken being on social media for extended periods of time have got to be what it feels like when Xavier is in the motherfucking danger room on Cerebro and listening to everybody's thoughts at once. It's too fucking much. It is. It is. Overwhelming. Take a break. Log the fuck off. Because all of this fuck shit, I guarantee you, will be right there when you return. Yeah. It will. And can I just add one actual serious thing? Is um, give yourself grace. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there are too many people who are being hard on themselves during mm-hmm. this time. And yes. honestly, we're all trying to do the best we can do with the bullshit that we have. And being hard on yourself right now just isn't, it isn't going to do anything. It's only going to stress you out. 
give yourself grace for wherever you're at. I mean, if you put on weight, if you lost your job, or if you're behind on something, or you didn't make the right decision, or whatever, give yourself grace. This is not the time to be perfect, because you can't. You're doing the best you can. Yeah. And with that being said, that wraps up this week's episode. I want to take the time out to say thank you to Kevin for being here with us this week. Thanks for having me. This feels very reminiscent. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And for those that are not familiar with you, Kevin, where can they find you on the socials? Well, OnlyFans.com for us. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Give me a couple more months. So we'll see what these furloughs talking about. But um, follow me on the world of Kevin on all platforms. And yeah, that's the best way to find me right now. So yeah. Well, give the children a little give the little children a little something. Where can they expect another episode of the outline? Child, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. The I mean, to be completely honest, the outline, as they say on Insecure, is not really serving me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a it was a point in time where I really enjoyed doing it, but with my life now. It's more of a frustration because I'm such a perfectionist and I like to be consistent and it bothers me that I can't be consistent with my schedule. So it kind of, I don't like to do it if I can't do it regularly, but I am working on like this kind of video format thing so I can at least be very present like Uh on social media. So that's why I say follow me on Instagram and I think it's the best one because I can do everything on there. And then we'll go from there. I'm still going to have content, but the podcast is kind of on, a, you know, it's, it's on ice, but it's still available to listen to all those episodes. It's like 100 plus, <laughs> you know, okay. that's, a lot to, that's a lot to catch up on. Um, and then we'll see. But right now it's kind of just in limbo. And I apologize for that. But it's just, yeah, it's just something uh, sitting at that mic just ain't, I ain't feeling it. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. Uh, With that being said, thank you once again for being here with us, and we will see you guys next week. Peace out. See y'all.